2: Good evening and welcome to another edition of Today with Dr. Wendy. I'm Wendy Patrick and my co-host Larry Gershman. and I really, as usual, had a tough time narrowing it down as to what to talk to, uh, what to talk about. So many things happened this week, but one thing that we agreed on is we are privileged to have a repeat guest back with us today that is just a delightful person that knows so much about the subject matter with which we're going to discuss Uh, Larry, who are we fortunate enough to have on the line again
3: today? Once a devout leftist, David Horowitz is now an American conservative writer and a founder and president of the David Horowitz Freedom Center. David is editor of the center's website, Front Page Magazine, and director of Discover the Networks, a website that tracks individuals and groups on the political left. David also founded the organization, Students for Academic Freedom. David is an author of numerous books and has recently come out with his latest, entitled Final Battle, The Next Election Could Be the Last. Welcome back to the program,
4: David. Thanks for
2: having me. You know, David, there's so much to talk about, and I know what's on everyone's minds is, what's going to happen now that Title 42 went away, replaced with Title 8? Um, the migrant crisis at the border. I know you know a lot about this. Um, you know, specifically, one of the things that we've been talking about, just Larry and I individually, as well as just the community collectively, is I have never seen such a scramble 24 hours before Title 42 was set to expire, given as compared, I suppose, with the two years prior when we knew it was going to expire. What do you make of all of that? And uh, do you have any expert predictions as to, how this is well, actually going to work? The deliberate
4: destruction and illegal and unconstitutional destruction of our borders by Joseph Biden is the greatest crime ever committed against Americans by their own government. People don't realize how dangerous this whole movement is. To have all these people, we don't we don't know who they are, we don't know where they're going, They're from. Uh, 200 co- countries. Let me give you an example. In 2018, the government accounting office did a study of the number of illegal, I, I like to call them invaders, which is what they are uh, into our country, um, who were in American jails and prisons. Embrace yourself. The number of Criminal illegal aliens in this country between the years two thousand eleven and two thousand and sixteen, when of course, the inflow was much lower than it is now, with seven hundred and thirty thousand Wow, and they had committed four point nine million they had been arrested four point nine million times, and that's because of the revolving door. Policy. You can even throw them over the border, and they come back. Um, particularly, since border patrol is distracted by having to take process so many illegals. They give they give them uh, court tapes that they'll never show up to. Uh, it's so it's so faulty and so destructive. Um, they committed a million drug crimes. 500,000 assaults, 134,000 sexual assaults, 40,000 kidnappings. Um, There were 1,500 terrorist-associated arrests. So that's what we're importing into the country, a gigantic criminal population. Biden has, by his destruction of the border, more illegal supporters to this country in his two years than in all 12 years combined of the Obama and Trump administrations. Whoa. This, this man in the White House is evil. He's a traitor. He hates America. Uh, He's sold America down the river for millions. His family, his family has made billions and millions of dollars taking bribes from foreign powers and giving them our secrets uh, and weakening us generally. Nobody talks about it, but it's impossible to understand the Afghan catastrophe where we had spent 20 years um, to encouraging women to go to school, which was you get the death penalty before we came in for, for doing that, and taking roles in, in jobs that Uh, Only men could take, again, it was criminal for the women to do it. So we exposed all these women. Uh, We had to evacuate everybody who the Taliban was likely to behead. Uh, And instead of doing that, uh, we we withdrew our military first and turned over the security of the evacuation to the Taliban. Wow. Oh my and goodness! That, that's an unforgivable crime that Biden has committed. Absolutely, and his, and his whole family is criminals. And and so Merrick Garland, the head, of the, the worst head of the Justice Department we've ever had. Is protecting him, and the head of the FBI is protecting him, and the CIA is protecting him. It's just terrible
3: what's mm-hmm. happened. My goodness! Hey, David, in your new book, Final Battle. You have a chapter titled "Open Borders." Why do you think the current administration, the Biden administration, is not enforcing our national borders? What's behind it?
4: You know, there are two reasons. One is because Trump gave us the most secure borders we've ever had. On the first day in office, Biden, in his inaugural, dismantled the Trump security, border security. They. They wanted to change the demographics of the country that d- the Democrats. I, I, I can't speak ill enough of them, what they've done. But, you know, they calculate that uh, Hispanics will vote for Democrats, which is probably not the case. It's certainly not the case at the present moment. But that that's the calculation. And they don't give a damn. They think America is a capitalist, uh, oppressive, racist, systemically racist country. There's no systemic racism in America except affirmative action. Right. Uh, And how do I know that? Because affirmative action got a pass from the Supreme Court. It was supposed to be temporary, but it's now it's forever because it is systemic discrimination. Uh, Systemic racism is what it is. But,
2: um, David, one of the things both sides
4: care about in this. In every institution, the way Biden said, sex every aspect of American life, there would be a tsunami of lawsuits because the Civil Rights Act of 1964 out, specifically outlawed systemic and institutional racism. And you have all these ambulance chasers like, uh, Benjamin Crump, they was sued uh, at the drop of a hat in behalf of career criminals, saying they were oppressed uh, racially. You um,
2: know, David, one um, of the things that a lot of people care
4: about—maybe billions—but there is no yeah. tsunami of lawsuits because there is no systemic racism.
2: David, let's take the conversation away from racism. I'm not sure that, yeah, you, let's take this away from racism for just a second, because I know that there's a lot of, a lot of things going on at the border that I think everybody cares about, and, and, you know, on both sides of the aisle. And some of that has to do with, you know, we worry about the mixed messaging that has surrounded this invitation to come to America. You know, if it, it was more of an invitation on the campaign trip for President Biden than it certainly was over the last couple of days. More on these miners. Yeah, and so uh, given that, Democrats given that there's, they were screaming about. Given that 4, people 000. have come, given that people have come due to that messaging, you know, some of them get turned away, some of them are put in overcrowded holding facilities. Nobody quite knows where they're going to be placed and what kind of paperwork they're going to have to fill out. You know, there is a, a growing concern. Over the fact that all of this leaves some of those people very vulnerable the traffickers, the cartels, to traffickers, to cartels, to so many of the, yeah, the different ways, lost so children. many different ways. And, and, and the unaccompanied minors crisis. I mean, there are just so many moving parts here that are so problematic because we're almost at the end of our show. Can you tell people where if they want to learn more about this, where do they find your, your book?
4: Yeah, you can go up to front page magazine or front page dot Uh all and
2: right.
4: we have a bookstore and,
2: and there's a lot of
4: information there. Um, okay. And you, if they want if comment. they
2: wanna learn more if they wanna learn more about it, and I know that, you know, we're all kind of in a wait and see. Um, people are hoping for the best but preparing for the worst. We've been doing that over the course of the last week. Many people think we've been should have been doing that for, over the course of the last two years. But uh, David, we want to thank you for coming on with us, and um, and good luck to you uh, and all your ventures. Um, Larry, thank you,
3: David. That's great. Thank,
2: thank you. you, Larry. You and I are going to finish talking um, just a bit here, and then we'll pick it up on the other side. You know, one of the, one of the things we're, we want to queue up in the in the event we have remaining is this is such a controversial topic and controversial issue. There, there's so much misinformation out there about how this is going to work, how it is working. You know, who's to blame? It's one of the most divisive issues I know that we've discussed for a very long time. We're going to pick it up on the other side of the break. So we want to tell our listeners, don't touch that dial. We will be right back. You're listening to Today with Dr. Wendy. Headlines with the Silver Lining. We'll be back in the flash.
1: News cycle lowlights have no place here. You're listening to the headline highlights on Today with Dr. Wendy on The Answer San Diego. It's time for more news you can use. The headlines streamline. It's time for more Today with Dr. Wendy. Now here's your host, Dr. Wendy Patrick.
2: Welcome back. Today with Dr. Wendy. I'm Wendy Patrick, and we are going to have a very interesting second half for you, sort of along the same kind of lines of the Title 42, the biggest news of the week, no doubt. Um, but Larry and I are going to talk about it from more of a legal perspective. And we're going to talk, uh, Larry always talks politics, but I'm going to talk more legal because it's just it's a fascinating conundrum and not so fascinating for the, for the poor people that are stuck down there, not knowing whether they're going to be let in or released or, or left vulnerable uh, to people that are down there um, for all the wrong reasons in terms of cartels or traffickers or fentanyl dealers. I mean, you know, there are so many people that are coming here to work to get a better life, that are legitimately seeking asylum. And we hear a lot of mixed messaging around how do those people properly present themselves to the authorities versus lots of people that are coming for other reasons. And just to sort of remind everybody, Title 42, which expired this week, was a public health order issued by the U.S. Centers for Disease Control and Prevention. Remember, that came into effect during the onset of the COVID-19 pandemic. And it had the authority for a limited amount of time that sunsetted, but it was to prevent the introduction of communicable diseases, i.e. COVID-19 in 2020, um, right up until, you know, this week. But the expulsions that occurred under Title 42 were sort of keeping, I I don't ever want to say that controlling the border has been manageable, but let's just say much more manageable than it is now. We don't want those facilities to be overcrowded and people to be living in substandard conditions. Nobody wants that. Um, But Larry, you know, kind of looking at it through your legal slash political lens, I mean, what do you see as the biggest issues here and And maybe you can combine that with whether or not you think those are issues that we can control and solve ultimately.
3: Yeah, I think 100 percent we can control and solve. And really, President Trump was well on his way to doing that with the border wall. All of a sudden, he loses the election um, and they immediately, I think it was on the first day, stopped construction of the border wall. And really, what it comes down to, Wendy, uh, in my mind and the mind of many others, the border issue is a sovereignty issue. Basically, it's a direct challenge to the whether we can and will defend the national interest over global interest. And there's a lot of actors uh, chiming in on this with their money um, and with their efforts to basically take down that border. And I know there's a number of politicians that believe that there should be no borders. Um, and that's that's what's going on, I think. But it has a lot of negatives that go with it. And
2: you know, uh, it, it, go ahead. It, look, the interesting thing about what you just said it is you said a lot of politicians and, you know, that's what I meant by mixed messaging is politicians have been saying very different things about this over the last couple of years and certainly within the last week. I have not seen such activities uh, legally politically, administratively, uh, within, I want to say, 24 hours of uh, Title 42 sunsetting this week. And one of the biggest mixed messages that, that I certainly know people that were coming to this country were hit with is somehow that the border was going to open at the stroke of midnight on Thursday, the border was going to open. And that has never been what the politicians have said. And I know people have said, well, it's kind of what they're reading between the lines. Remember at the press conference last week, I mean, Secretary uh, Secretary Alejandro Mayorkas was very clear. He said the borders are not opening. Nobody heard that, or at least not enough people heard that to where the thought was, well, they kind of are because no one is really going to be processed. But here you have those. Poor folks on the border that are working like 24 7 trying to house people, process them, building shelters. They need to go to hospitals. They need hotels. Where do you take them? Do you bus them to sanctuary cities? Do you bus them to non sanctuary cities? Is every city a sanctuary city? Is every state a border state? That's what I mean by so many different messages coming from so many different uh, avenues that it's hard to know what to believe. What say you?
3: Yeah, well, I say number one, They're coming here to seek a better life. God bless them. And I understand why they're doing that. But to seek, uh, you know, sanctuary, economic hardship does not qualify. What does qualify, you have to be in fear of prosecution. You have to be in fear of where you're at now, wherever you're at in South America or wherever. You're going to be prosecuted. So just because you want a better life, again, God bless them for that. I understand that. But that does not give you title just to walk across the border without going through the proper procedures. And that's huge. And I think that's kind of lost in the mix. People are are doing this. And in the meantime, we have all these unaccompanied minors that are coming across. And basically, they they process them fast, and then they disappear. Not all of them, but many of them disappear. What is happening to them? Are they being trafficked? Are they being used in businesses for uh, yeah. you know, unfair labor practices? How oh. about sexual trafficking? My goodness, there is oh, wait, zero wait, wait, compassion in this.
2: We, we worry so much about that. And, you know, we want to take care of those unaccompanied minors. We want to take care of everybody that, that comes across. You know, I, I mentioned before, I always worry about, you know, can we adequately vet people that come from countries, they don't come with a rap sheet in their hand. We have no idea who they are, what they've done, and it would love to find out. Everybody wants that. But it's hard to do it when you have such limited time. And, you know, there was a court, the court ruling just this past week that limited time even further, saying you, know, you, can't, you, you can't just release them. You're going to have to take the time to process them. And that means that we're overburdening some of those detention centers even more than they already have been overburdened. And, you know, you bring up a really good point with the, the unknowns. There are so many unknowns with people that are fleeing persecution in other countries and that are seeking asylum, um, that everybody's waiting to see how is this new procedure going to work and how are we going to have to change it? You know, there was a great question um, that's being asked everywhere nowadays in the last uh, week uh, since since this has occurred, and it is, do we ever have a chance of passing any kind of bipartisan litigation legislation that the president's going to sign that would solve some of the open questions we have at the border. You know, like they'll pass something in the house, it's dead on arrival in the Senate or by, do we have a chance of coming up with enough common ground to make meaningful changes at the border?
3: No, I don't think so. I, I think we're going to have to use the uh, ballot box. That's why I'm so key and, and, and keyed into the election integrity. If you don't have a, uh, uh, You know, good elections, fair elections, honest elections, you have nothing. And going to the border, you know, no border, no country. It's that simple. If you don't have a border, you don't have a country. And listen, check this out, Wendy. Just since, uh, I think it was uh, the middle of last year, the number of Chinese immigrants caught at the southern border skyrockets 700%. They're mostly single. And guess what? They're mostly male. So what are these people coming into our country to do? You know, China's a pretty um, uh, wealthy place now. There's a lot of uh, opportunity over in China. So what are these uh, people coming into our country to do? And check this out, the terror watch list. The border just arrested 16 people on the FBI's terror watch list. Uh, just, I think it was... Uh, this uh, since, since the first of the year and in F wait, 69, I'm changing that to 69 people on the terror watch list. And those are the ones that are caught. Wendy, how about the ones that are not caught?
2: Yeah. You know, that, that's one of the things we worry the most about is the, the unaccountability. And, you know, the unaccountability paired with all of the preparations that were made, it's just it's frustrating that it just never seems to be enough. You know, we have a humanitarian crisis. We've been building facilities, busing to other locations. There's litigation in the mix about uh, non-sanctuary cities complaining that they they're not equipped to care for the people that have been bused there, um, there are border towns, and in fact, many border towns that are saying, look, we already have a homelessness crisis. We already have staff shortages in hospitals. If we are now overwhelmed with people that are coming into this country and being released, that's that our citizens can't get the services they need. That's an addition. hundred percent. We wanted to make sure to take care of the people that we've just brought in. We want to get the kids in schools. You mentioned unaccompanied minors. We want to make sure they're safe wherever they are. We don't want to lose track of them. And you know, Larry, what about the people that are, the the young people that are legitimately coming? They they don't want to work in some hotel cleaning bathrooms. They want to go to medical school or go to law school. They want to become doctors and lawyers and really productive citizens. And it's almost impossible to weed out who's coming for what reason. I wish there was a, a, a better way of doing it. Um, if you were in Congress and you were in politics, do you have any suggestions as to maybe one way we could improve the system and make it easier to sort of separate the biblical analogy here? The wheat from Jeff.
3: chaff. Yeah, well, I, I, I think I, I, I might, yeah. Uh, basically, I would finish the border wall and, and basically, I, you know, I've lived in Southern California most of my life, you know, pretty close to the border actually. I, I love going to Mexico. I love it down there. But basically I'm afraid to take my family down there uh, right now because of the drug cartels. You don't know if you're going to make it back. You don't know if you're going to be held for ransom. That is bad deal. So I want to return it to the way it was when we were all growing up here and talk about not sheltering them. Do you know, just using Sandy uh, San Diego is an example. The San Diego homeless shelters are 95% at capacity prior to this week's lifting of title 42. Now what's going to happen right. again? No compassion for these people. I think it's a calculated move by the oligarchs, the, the wealthy, the big and the powerful that will never be touched by this. I'm, I have the compassion. I want these people to be safe. And again, uh, there's a way to solve this. And, uh, between you and I, Wendy, maybe we can do it, right? <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, I wonder how you really feel, Larry. I almost feel like you're uh, you're kind of on the fence with some of these who just no, I'm just kidding. We'll always have really good, passionate ideas about a lot of this, and I think if there were more people that really thought this through, and I know there's a lot of good people on both sides of the aisle working on it right now. Maybe we'll come up with better solutions. But we want to thank our listeners for, for sticking with us on um, in having this conversation. And I no doubt, I can imagine it probably mirrors what you're talking about around your kitchen table as well, especially living in a border city. But we will pick this back up next weekend. Thank you so much for joining us. You're listening to Today with Dr. Wendy, Headlines with a Silver lining. Have a wonderful week, and God bless you.